This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm Stephen Parr. I'm your host. Thanks for listening. Well, I was reading an Associated Press article from Seth Borenstein, the AP's science writer. Now, Borenstein is not objective in his writing. He is a climate crusader, and he will vilify anyone who disagrees. Let me show you how his bias comes through in his own writing. Here's the first sentence of this article. Quote, climate change doubters may have lost one of their key talking points, a particular satellite temperature data set that has seemed to show no warming for the past 18 years. Close quote. Okay. Remember, words have meaning. And in this sentence, Bornstein's words betray his bias. First, he does use the term climate change doubter. But that's only because his bosses at the Associated Press make him. He used to use the word denier to smear anyone who disagreed with him. So this is at least a step in the right direction, even if it's a reluctant one. Second, the satellite data was not a, quote, talking point. It was a reasonable objection based upon, and I know this is radical, based upon observation. You know, the scientific method observation. You're supposed to observe. It's part of the scientific method, right? It's not some PR mouthpiece. For the AP's science writer to confuse the scientific method with political posturing is a stain on the AP's hiring practices. Finally, that data didn't just to, quote, seem to show no warming. It genuinely showed no warming. (laughs) The word seemed was not only extraneous to the sentence, it was biased. It had no place in honest journalism. Yet there it is. Let's go to the next two sentences. Go a little faster. Quote, the remote sensing system, temperature data, promoted by many who reject mainstream climate science and especially most recently by Senator Ted Cruz, now shows a slight warming of about 0.18 degrees Fahrenheit since 1998. Ground temperature measurements, which many scientists call more accurate, all show warming in the past 18 years. All right. What the hell does Senator Ted Cruz have to do with this? He's not a scientist. He's not one of the congressmen investigating how workers at NASA manually adjusted the surface temperature record with the intent to hide the lack of warming for the past 18 years. Why bring Ted Cruz up? I think Bornstein did it because he thinks Cruz is a troglodyte, and he thinks his readers will think poorly of Cruz as well. So then guilt by association, I guess maybe that's where the associated comes, associated press. Guilt by association means anyone who thinks the unadjusted satellite data was more accurate than the intentionally adjusted surface data must be as backward as that evil man, Ted Cruz. That's bias. The third sentence, not only do many scientists call the surface data more accurate, and many do, many scientists also call the satellite data more accurate. You can have both ways. Many call the surface more accurate. Many call the satellite record more accurate. 
But but Bornstein didn't say many call the satellite record more accurate. No, he didn't say that, even though it is factually true. No, he focused on the surface data. It's it's a pointless and a journalistically biased statement. We're only three sentences in to this article, and I can point to five examples of bias in just three sentences. Bornstein demonstrates his bias five times. He's a science journalist who is doing both of those things wrong. All right, so the main point of the article is that the remote sensing system, the RSS, which is one of the two satellite climate data sets, now shows a slight warming during the pause. It used to say there had been no warming for 18 years and nine months. It now says temperatures have risen 0.18 degree Fahrenheit. All right, so at that rate you're looking at a global temperature rise of about one degree Fahrenheit per century. Well, since the Paris Climate Accords wanted to keep temperatures from rising two degrees Celsius per century, one degree Fahrenheit is, is about half a degree Celsius. So it seems to me we should pat ourselves on the back and say congrats, we did it. But no, 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 that, that's not good enough. The climate community says this means the pause no longer exists and the world is still going to burn up and destroy the earth. Forget that this change still doesn't keep up with what the models say should be going on. No, no, ignore the fact that even this warmer observation still falsifies their predictions. Don't do science the way we were taught how to do science in school. Instead, this means Ted Cruz and anyone else who supports him is an idiot and should be shunned. Everyone, we will start shunning in three, two, one. This change in the warming trend doesn't really change my mind on the realities of climate. It's not enough of a warming to challenge my primary assumptions that the sun is what causes all of this. I believe there's a lag time between the sun's peak activity and the warming here on Earth and the climate cycle, just like there is on a daily cycle and a yearly cycle. For instance, the hottest time of day isn't noon when the sun is overhead, but in the afternoon just before the sun starts to set. The hottest month isn't June when the sun is at its peak. It's in August just before the start of fall. So the hottest time in climate activity, in the climate cycle, should come after the sun's at its peak activity. Well, that occurred, we, the sun was still at its peak activity into the 2000s. The heat is circulated by the oceans and the atmosphere, and it can be reduced by large volcanic activity. A slight rise of 0.18 Fahrenheit after three of the largest solar cycles in recorded history doesn't really change my mind on that at all. But it did make me curious. Why did the RSS show a new warming trend when the other satellite record, the University of Alabama Huntsville, still doesn't show any warming through the pause? And that was where I just lost it. Here's the sentence from Bornstein's article, quote, The change resulted from an adjustment Mears made to fix a nagging discrepancy in the data from 15 satellites. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? 
The reason I have trusted the satellite data is because they haven't been adjusting the data to fit their preconceived ideas about what the data should show, and now they are. See, that's what NASA and NOAA did with the surface records. They didn't think the pause should have happened, so they specifically set out to change the data mathematically to eliminate the pause. What a scientist should have done is to question their initial assumption, not the data. But no, 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 that's not what climate scientists do. When reality doesn't match their mental image of the world, they simply adjust reality. Reality isn't wrong. Your ideas are. Here's what makes this worse. On the website, whatsupwiththat.com, one of the people who runs the other satellite data set, the UAH, wrote about this adjustment and, and his involvement in it. See, since there are only two satellite data sets in the world, there are really only two sets of folks who are peers. Okay? So you basically have the RSS people and the UAH people. So if one of them makes a change to the data and tries to get that published in a peer-reviewed scientific journal, then the other group is really the only peer that can evaluate that science behind the adjustments. So when RSS first submitted their paper to the Journal of Geophysical Research, the JGR, Dr. John Christie from UAH was asked to evaluate it. He had some questions about it and asked for additional details, basically sent it back saying, I'd like to know more. So the journal rejected the paper. So the RSS people then submitted the paper to a different journal, the Journal of Climate. The UAH folks were not asked to peer review it for the Journal of Climate, and so it was accepted and published. You see, peer review is there for a reason. And in this case, the process was blatantly skipped. It's like doctor shopping. They went journal shopping. That's not science. The only place where that could be considered science would be in an Orwellian nightmare. So why would the RSS folks do that? Why would they deliberately adjust their data in a way that was questionable to their peers to show a warming trend that didn't exist before? And the answer can be found in a single word used on the RSS website, denialist. This supposedly unbiased scientific organization uses the word denialist several times, bemoaning the fact that their data is used by people who don't believe that man-made global warming theory is accurate. They're comparing people who look at data objectively with people who deny that Hitler killed Jews. Isn't that nice? Here's a new piece of data that's going to have to be adjusted. In addition to the satellite records and the surface records, there's one other set of records called radiosondes. What's that, you ask? Weather balloons. Radiosondes are the instruments we send up in weather balloons every day to keep track of the temperature and pressure and other things. Well, that data set isn't perfect. It doesn't cover the oceans well at all. And, and in many places, the launching of weather balloons has been inconsistent. But we do have weather balloon records going back for decades. And the radiosondes say temperatures today are not significantly warmer than they were in the 1950s. 
It cooled in the 60s and 70s, warmed in the 80s and 90s, and has been flat since. The weather balloons say there's been no global warming in more than half a century. Well, obviously, that data is going to have to change. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying.